my voice, I'm glad that my voice is carrying the day for now. If I have my way with it, if we're successful enough, I'd really love to get like Andy's voice from Headspace in my game. Like we'll just animate him while we'll animate an Andy in there. Just like that. That would make me, that would make me happy. Um, but yeah. So, um, Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians MH podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Goku. And with me tonight, I have Joe. Hey. Nate. Hello. Alan. Ah. And Matt. Hey, hey. If you're joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community and with being a first step in assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion between mental health topics and gaming. Before we get into the show, uh, I just wanted to touch on a sad news that happened on uh, the day that we're recording. So today, the gaming community lost one of its legends. Byron Reckful Burstein was a prominent WoW streamer and one of its better players. Reckful has been a voice and ally for mental health while also struggling with his own issues. Unfortunately, today, he chose to end his own life. And people all through the world are mourning his passing in-game and in real life. If you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health difficulties or suicidal ideations, please don't hesitate to reach out for help or contact your local suicide hotline. It's okay not to be okay. Tonight, we have the pleasure of welcoming our guests, Dr. Gabe. How are you doing, Dr. Gabe? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks Thank for coming you so on the much. Show. For real. Yeah. I mean, we're just beyond ourselves ecstatic to have you on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be here. Um, the uh, topic of uh, the passing of this legend in the WoW community is, is a really sad one, but it just highlights the importance of the work that you guys do and uh, that other people in this industry do in highlighting uh, mental health as, as a really important topic, especially in the gamer community. So thank you guys so much for what you do and for having me. Thank you so much for that. And the work that you're doing is really impressive. Uh, thank you. Uh, it is definitely a team effort. Um, but yeah, you know, we've been noticing these increases in anxiety and depression. Um, it's been really alarming. If you look at some of the statistics coming out, for instance, of like Blue Cross Blue Shield showed a 63% increase in depression and anxiety in 12 to 17 year olds in the past three years. That's a, that's a really startling figure. And it's one that we really shouldn't ignore. And um, I myself, um, I lost my brother to suicide when I was 16 years old and I've struggled with depression, anxiety in my own life as well. So what I've learned uh, through kind of managing my own situation and through the study that I've done is that there are really powerful self-care techniques out there, things that people can do to manage uh, these types of conditions. But a lot of this information doesn't find people or doesn't find them until they're like way too late in life. So what we started doing with the Fog of Maya project on my team was thinking, how could we use the medium of video games to bring self-care to people struggling with anxiety and depression? Because 
video games as we know now, it's, it's bigger than Hollywood, right? 60% of people play video games on a daily basis. So we have such an opportunity here to use and leverage this medium to get this content out there. So um, it seems like uh, COVID doesn't make things any, any easier. <laughs> that's for sure. No, it's been <laughs> spiking everything. Yeah. How's, how's COVID been for you personally, uh, Dr. Goku? For me, we've been kind of lucky with where I am in Atlantic Canada. Uh, we haven't been hit that hard compared to some other places in the world. So I'm kind of counting myself lucky here. It kind of disrupted life a little bit. It's still going on, but it, it, we're feeling the repercussions yeah. kind of throughout the world and everyone's a little bit more on edge. Yeah, and I'd say that. I, I've been noticing it a lot in a lot of my clients: uh, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, uh, feeling very isolated. Uh, that's something that a lot of people have, have been dealing with. Um, I know my office just recently started uh, seeing clients again. Uh, I had been working from home for almost three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that lack of just face-to-face human connection. I mean, I know, I, I know some friends who like to joke that, oh, finally the age of the introvert. But I mean, I think even for introverts, like this, this is a level of just personal connection starvation that's just um, unprecedented in a lot of our lifetime. So mm-hmm. coming to cope with that is, is just really challenging stuff. And it's the small little things that I noticed made that much of a bigger impact I know it's coming from a therapy point of view, but doing or having therapy through a screen wasn't really the same as having the client in front of me. Just seeing the client going through a rough time, tearing up and not being able to hand them a tissue. Yeah. Yeah. I have a box of tissue right next to me, right next to my couch. And I just couldn't lean over and hand them a tissue. Yeah. That small little gesture of it's okay, I'm here mm-hmm. was was lost. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 a a digital divide between us and um we're all kind of, I think, as a species <laughs> trying to come to terms with what is that what does that mean? And um I think that's why kind of now more than ever we, you know. Uh, medication is a tool that works for some and therapy is, is, is morphing to work with this new sort of technological medium. Um, but I think self-care is something that a lot of us uh, tend to neglect. And so seeing if there are sort mm-hmm. of ways we can scaffold around having a regular self-practice, uh, self-care practice is going to be super important. And that's what we set out to do with, um, with Amari, the self-care virtual pet. Um, I mean, it's a, it's really interesting when I set out to make games. So my background is, I, as I have a doctorate in psychology, I'm not a therapist, just to be clear. I, I have a doctorate in what's called industrial organizational psych, which is oh, psychology good old of the IO. workplace. Yeah, Very yeah, nice. I'm an, yeah, I'm an IO my guy. My thesis supervisor was a IO psych. Yeah, yeah. So I did my dissertation on emotional labor in the workplace and its relation to burnout. So that's kind of where I um, started. And then I promptly burn out. <laughs> I found myself, <laughs> I found myself at the end of a PhD program, like, oh my gosh, I landed in corporate HR. I wanted to be an Ninja Turtle when I was a child. I don't know if that's how this happened. Here I am. <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> start so contrast. I up, yeah, my question start is con- which Ninja Turtle though? 
I mean, do you have to ask? I mean, if I I'm just, a scientist, you do. Okay, uh, Donatella. I was, I, yeah, I was a Donnie. <laughs> now, now, now that being said, it's, I don't think I had much of a choice in the matter, right? When you're one of four kids, you know, the first ch- the first child gets the first choice. My older brother, he got to be Leonardo, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you're when you're done handing them out, right? You know, Donnie's right, right. but but uh, that's okay because I've always resonated with Donnie. And if anybody knows from the old NES days, he had the best range anyway. So yes, he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, so I had a burnout period after graduate school, and I ended up actually crash landing at a yoga ashram, which is like a uh, retreat center sort of place where people go to just meditate and uh, put themselves back together. I lived there for four months. I just worked on a farm and um, learned a lot about mindfulness and meditation and kind of developed a self-care practice in that environment. And then I got called back into the world in sort of this tech entrepreneurship role and uh, found that I needed to bring those lessons with me to be able to deal with the loud, crazy world that is just modern life, you know? And um, so some of that stuff finds its way into the game. Um, I, I explored a lot of different mediums. In fact, I've got my co-pilot here. Here's Amaria. Yeah, he's, he's the real now, star of the show. Now, <laughs> i tell you what, I'm in your Discord. And I absolutely uh-huh. love it. I love being yeah. a part of it. I lurk a yeah. little bit. Uh-huh. But when you posted, you asked everybody with the survey if that would yeah. be like a deal. I voted yes. And I can't wait till those are released because it's going to be on my shelf right behind me <laughs> in my office. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so uh, happy I to love hear it. that. I'm so Love happy it. to hear that. Yeah, our artist Lexi handmade this thing. Yeah, this is this is a handmade. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. She's incredible. Um, so we've got we've got Proto Maru here, who's kind of like the the Frankenstein, and he's like kind of jealous of his prettier brother. It's sort of like a Proto Man <laughs> Mega Man thing going mm-hmm. on. Like I was first, <laughs> but you're improved. Um, so yeah, we, we've got we've got these I'm cute ones flying floating around. Getting here. it. You're a Mega Man fan for the yeah. reference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so when I first started tackling this topic of, I knew I wanted to migrate into video games. I always wanted to be a, you know, I've always been a gamer and I did some tech entrepreneurship stuff. And so at first I was looking at actually, you know, I'm just going to start keep pulling things off the wall here. This is a, a this is a Muse neurofeedback headband. Have you ever heard of one of these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what these things do is they ostensibly measure alpha, beta, delta, and theta, um, brain waves and they give you feedback as to whether or not you're engaged in meditation right so i thought to myself well wouldn't it be cool to create a game that leveraged this where there could be make a fog on screen that's obscuring your way in the world and then you engage in this meditation and this controller reads that and lifts the fog and allows you to move on i thought that was a really cool concept but then practically speaking you know this is a third party peripheral that's got you know it's mm-hmm. still an emerging technology it's mm-hmm. 200 dollars which isn't particularly accessible and we um iterated and iterated and iterated and then what i ended up doing is uh, me and my team we ended up on the the floor of a national alliance for mental illness conference nami and we were talking to people on the floor there about their challenges and one thing that we heard over and over again was I want to improve my mental well-being so that I can help others. There was this altruistic underlying thing behind like wanting to get better to help other people. And we talked to, I don't know, Dr. Dr. Williams, maybe you can weigh in on this, but 
I've talked to some other therapists about this as well. And they say that people struggling with depression and stuff, they often have a hard time taking action on behalf of themselves. But if they have mm -hmm. the opportunity to take action on behalf of someone else, it's easier for them to do that. And they, and they, and they feel better for it. And I know that I, as someone who suffers from depression, I, I could certainly resonate with that. So then this, this idea of the virtual pet game had kind of been percolating in my mind. But when I started to hear that over and over again, I was like, this is it. This is the medium. And so it can be about checking in with the pet, but you're checking in with yourself. Um, and if you'd like, I don't know kind of, kind of where we are in the segment here, but I can share my screen and you can actually see what the game looks like if you'd like. Sure. Okay. Well, I've been playing around with you do it that, for a few uh, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you go into that, tell yeah. us a little bit about how you founded Six Wing Studios. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, and in Raleigh is uh, an interesting spot because we've got Epic Games right down the road, which is, you know, Fortnite, Unreal Engine, which is, you know, a really huge thing. And we've mm -hmm. got a kind of a burgeoning uh, East Coast game scene that's, that's kind of growing around that. Uh, I guess just by by pure happenstance, um, but then also fortunately we're you know surrounded by Duke University and UNC Chapel Hill, so there's a big sort of uh, neuroscience movement, and then also we're becoming a bit of a tech hub as well. So um, so like I said, I, I got out of graduate school, you know, PhD in IO psychology, ended up in corporate HR, burned out, yoga ashram, got a yoga teacher certification, started meditating. But then I ended up back in Raleigh because I got summoned back just for sort of a tech startup job. I ended up doing basically UX design for a recruiting company, uh, led product there for a few years. But I knew that I wanted to migrate into games and I knew that I wanted the games that I was making to have a pro-social purpose and be related to this topic of mental health. So I began exploring the, the neurofeedback idea for a while. I explored that for a while, but then I attracted an a good team around me. So, you know, I, as I was talking about this, I just kind of was, you know, talking about it to anyone who would basically listen. I started going to game jams and stuff like that. And then people started recommending uh, people to me. So my developer was in a computer science program, Ryan Scheel. He's a computer science program in, in uh, Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. He and I struck up a friendship and he started volunteering and doing the coding for me. And then I was incredibly fortunate that I met a guy, his name, uh, Eric Seidel. He, uh, he had had a health, uh, a stress-related illness episode that really freaked him out. And he got into medis uh, meditation to help with his, with his uh, cardiovascular health. And so he ended up putting the money behind us. So I was able to hire uh, Ryan. And then I found Lexi Flock, our artist who does all of our art, all of our animation, who makes these wonderful plushies. Um, I found her just fortunately enough through an artist's bar in Raleigh. I saw this weird creature that she had drawn up on the wall and just written her Instagram handle on and stuck it up on a pillar. And I saw and I was like, I need to meet this person. So she got on board and then Lauren Hamilton joined us from, from the Wake Tech program. So we basically just kind of, I just started talking to anyone I could talk, listen, who would listen about this idea. And it just started to attract, I, I didn't have to do a lot of active recruiting. Like people heard about the idea and then they reached out to me to be like, I wanna get involved in this which I think probably you've experienced in the work that you do, that this is a topic that is getting people really, like really impassioned. I don't know if that yeah, answers your question. <laughs> oh, it absolutely yeah. did. It yeah. Absolutely okay. did. Yeah. I was, I made the Mega Man reference earlier. I was the kind of person who would turn anything you could, I could lay my hands on into a robot master. I, uh, you know, would take cardboard boxes and turn them into tabletop versions of Donkey Kong country. And then just took this weird, hard right where I just decided I was going to become an HR scientist and then came out the other side of it. It was like, nope, back at games. Here we are. 
<laughs> Guess I should have done that all along. But sometimes game, you can kind of mix those two passions together. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing for about me the, before the, for me before well, I became uh, a mental health professional, I went into two D uh, animation and oh. comic book drawing. Uh, uh-huh. Did that for two years. Love it. Just don't want a career in it. Yeah. And but I'm still using my my love of games and pop culture in my work every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and no, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. As much as I sort of joke about it, like the fact that I have a doctorate in psychology, especially because I managed to interact with a lot of people on the human factors, ergonomic side of psychology, which is all about how do you create beautiful human technology experiences, you know, the games are all about creating experiences. Right. So, I mean, this, all of this, uh, ties back together. And then if I hadn't done PhD and crash landed at the place that I did, I wouldn't have gotten invited to the tech entrepreneurship thing that I did. And, you know, running a game studio is very much as much a business as it is anything else. So if I didn't get that experience, you know, none of this would be possible. So yeah, it's been a long and winding road, but, but here we are. <laughs> but it was a necessary road for yeah. create for creating this. I have it up on my phone. Right there, now. It, there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I've been playing for the past couple of days and I'm uh, really liking it. I'm glad it's that amazing. you're enjoying it. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad people think so. You know, you're, I, I'm shy about it because it's, you know, the first game I've really put out. Um, and I, you know, I, to me, I think in my mind, the content is so limited, but of course it is because it's a test build. And that's what our Kickstarter is for. That's sort of the big, that's the big news, everyone. We are, we are officially submitted for review to Kickstarter. So that's, Woo! that's yeah, awesome. Right. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, you know, but, but yeah, we're just, we just get these love letters from fans and they're telling us not only like on the one hand, I'm like, well, of course you love it. I mean, how, how could you not, you right. know, but, right. but no, but, but, adorable. but they're also <laughs> telling me, but they're also telling me like the breathing exercises really help with my anxiety and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like, uh, you know, of course that, that was always my intention. It's just so, it's so beautiful to actually hear the fans resonating with it. And so it just, every time we get a message like that on, on the hard days and especially with, with COVID being what it is there, there've been hard days, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, and, um, but when we get those messages from our fans, letting us know that they're really resonating with what we're doing, it just keeps us moving. And so we're so excited to get the Kickstarter out there and and really build out the rest of the content for this thing. And it shows the importance of why this is needed, right? Mm -hmm. You said it, you said it yourself at the start, you know, there's, there's a huge increase in 12 to 17 year olds and not, I don't know if that's your target demographic, but it's a demographic nonetheless that really needs some help. It really needs some support. So being able to take this out and literally there's exercises here that are two minutes, you know, but you're utilizing the one thing that's in every 17 year old's hand. Right. Exactly. 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 Yeah. 29 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, and and those exercises exercises are things that I teach every single day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's something that... I stress a lot that you need to work on your breathing. You need to work on your relaxation exercises. You work to need to work on your mindfulness. When, yeah. when the beta came out, I remember at PAX East, I, I, I caught a little bit of wind about it and everything. And I just, I, I absolutely fell in love with the concept in the game. So when I followed the discord and the beta dropped, I was ecstatic. And it's just that interaction with your virtual pet, 
that's calming in itself. And who does the voices for the exercises? Is it you? It is me. I know. So I've caught your that's live streams great. before when you're doing a guided exercise before. And I'm like, yeah. this sounds familiar, but they yeah. are so relaxing yeah. and so just on point. It's so interactive and it's a game that you're not going to find yourself playing for two or three hours. What we are trying to do with this game is, and honestly, we, we made a big pivot on, on, on account of COVID. So what we originally set out to do, because you may remember, Joe, we, we actually, we, we were calling it the Fog of Maya Lotus Village. And we pivoted, mm -hmm. and now it's Amaru, the self-care virtual pet. The reason we did that was we actually have this whole world, this world of Enso that we're trying to build. And, and we, ori we originally wanted this game to be a games as a, as a, as a service subscription where you pay a monthly amount and uh, there would be a, a huge content library of, of meditations, like, you know, months of contents worth. We were trying to get a substantial amount of upfront investment to, to make that all happen. And we want to have this whole cast of characters in Lotus Village that people would interact with and grow. It's sort of Stardew Valley style. Well, COVID hits. And there's two things that happen with that. One, what we learned was we want to get this thing out to people now because it's relevant. And we know that we can get something out that can be impactful now, even if it's not the giant thing that we're building towards, even, even though we're still getting there. The more practical reality is that when COVID hit, we knew that investment dollars were going to shrivel up. So we knew that we needed to, to, to cut our scope down and, and get something to market faster. And so what Amari, the self-care virtual pet did was we decided, okay, we're not going to do the villagers for now. And we're not going to necessarily work on building this like, you know, two months worth of meditation content or something like that. Let's just get out something helpful now and use this as a feature foundation to then build toward what will end up being Lotus Village. And Lotus Village, even of itself, I've got a big, long vision for this. Lotus Village, even for, of itself, is actually just a companion app to an actual console PC release game that we want to make. That's more of an action-adventure game that takes place in the same universe. But what I wanted to do was uh, I wanted to create uh, an action-adventure narrative game that talked about a lot of these topics. But what I didn't want to do is when you're playing an action adventure games, you don't want to be constantly interrupted with narrative. So I was like, well, where can you get the narrative elsewhere? Well, I was like, well, what if I could create an action adventure game that has a companion app that's a mobile app? And this mobile app actually teaches you self-care techniques and then gives you lore as a reward for sticking with your practice. So it's like all of these different experiences tie together. Because at the end of the day, um, Mindfulness is incredibly important. Gratitude is incredibly important. But these are practices, right? You don't really get the benefit unless you stick with them. Mm -hmm. And so exactly like you said, yeah, my, my intention is not for people to binge Amari for two hours a day. That's exactly not my intention. My intention is for people to check in with it about 15 minutes a day for two months, right? And that's the sort of amount of time where these can become habits that start to become more natural and you can start bringing mindfulness or breath or stuff outside of the game and into your real life because you've been practicing with it for that long. Um, so long answer to your question. Uh, we did want, yes, we did uh, want this to be a game that you would engage in like 15 minutes at a time. It was originally, because the way I describe it is Tamagotchi meets Headspace, right? It's like I'm putting those two <laughs> concepts together. You check in with your pet, you check in with yourself. 
that's what we're trying to do here. And um, my voice, I'm glad that my voice is carrying the day for now. If I have my way with it, if we're successful enough, I'd really love to get like Andy's voice from Headspace in my game. Like we'll just animate him while we'll animate <laughs> Andy in there. Just like that, that would make me, that would make me happy. Um, that would but be yeah. exciting. So, yeah, um, so yeah, we got a, uh, okay. I love the, the different, like, um, the different factors all the way around that affect Amaru you don't find in, in, in games. Like you mm-hmm. don't build that sort of relationship that you begin to care for this virtual pet. You know, I, I mean, this isn't like the old school, you know, you put the Digimon or whatever on your backpack and you have to press a button, you know, twice a day to make sure you feed this, you know, eight bit pixelated thing. No, this is a, it's just so well crafted. Just the daily activities involved with this, checking in with, with Amaru and building your own self care in, in a game that is can be utilized literally anywhere is just a huge accomplishment. And I, there is um, something, there is something powerful though, in what you were saying before that, unfortunately somebody who does suffer from depression, they don't, they, they lack the motivation to care for themselves. But if you have, if you have something in the palm of your hand that you check for 15 minutes and care about it. And this, this game is pretty. That's the mm-hmm. best way yeah. I can describe it. This game is pretty. That's what I was trying to say. And it's yeah. it, the the emotion. You can feel that Amaru is scared. Like yeah. you can you can visually see that. So, and I think just like with any animal, the four cats you may see running around from you. <laughs> like once once you see that they're scared and upset, like you want to do everything possible to make sure that they're okay. The and number of times that we've heard the phrase "I would die for him" is like. A <laughs> st- <laughs> But that allows, like, please don't. But but that allows (laughs) you to start also thinking about yourself, and you're you're giving the person, you're giving the person who's looking at this screen techniques to start practicing, not just for Amaru, but for themselves as well. And it's a it's a start, and it's a practice to start taking care and feeling better eventually. Yeah, one hundred percent. If you struggle with self worth, as 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 many people with depression do it is difficult to justify taking action on behalf of yourself because you're, you, you are literally not even convinced that you're worth it at that point in time. Right. So, but Amaru's worth it because mm-hmm. it's adorable and I can take care of that. But then in the meantime, I'm engaging in that gratitude journal practice, which is yeah. warming up the gratitude centers of my brain. I'm engaging in the breathing practice, which is re- reducing my, the, the amygdala being inflamed. And uh, the, by the way, a lot of the stuff that I do is very neuroscience based. It's, mm. it's about sort of strengthening certain brain areas, um, <laughs> neuroplasticity. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. I, I'm really, Great. I mean, I'm, I'm over the moon that y'all are, are digging it so much. You asked me earlier about the target audience of, of the 12 to 17 year olds. And yeah, we, the audience that we went for, I wanted to hit was basically Nintendo, right? Disney. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's something yeah, yeah, yeah. that like a, a, a child is going to look at and engage with or a teenager can look at, but not something that would turn off an adult, like not something that an adult would look at and be like, oh, I can't resonate with this. Mm-hmm. But if we, but from the research that we've, we've done, we're definitely right on the money with, um, with who is checking out our game. It's a lot of 16 year olds, um, a lot, you know, experiencing anxiety and stuff like that. So we think we're reaching the right audience. But for instance, the next chapter in the Fog of Maya saga actually follows a human character. 
And this human character is a refugee. And this narrative is going to be aimed a little bit older. Maybe something that might resonate with, you know, uh, young adults, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Amaru and these sort of characters are part of this common universe, but this will be a game that resonates with a, a bit of a, a more mature narrative. And, and the reason I want to do it that way, too, is that I know kind of the way that Harry Potter fans grew up with their series. I want to do that with this as well, right? I want people who kind of come in with Amaru to, as they get older and as they deal with deeper challenges, for there to be additional narratives kind of waiting for them um, that deal with more advanced topics and stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm back on my phone, so I can share this now if you're, sure. if you would like me to. All right, cool. Let's, let's hope we don't die. Um, all right. So screen. All right. Y'all seeing this glorious background I've got here. So um, this background, by the way, is one of our early bird Kickstarter rewards. We've got uh, desktop backgrounds and mobile backgrounds. And uh, this little bird, this little bird up top, we took the pun of early bird as, as far as we possibly could. So if you're <laughs> an early bird, you will get this fully animated bird. You will be uh, friends with Amaru when you play the game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop in here. And my Amaru is sleepy because we are uh, getting close to bedtime. Um, and I could tuck him in for the night, but I'll just kind of go through and show people what we can uh, can do with the game. So here in the um, is the the guided meditations components that y'all were referencing earlier. Mm -hmm. So we have a, so like I said, where where I took this research from was mostly Richard Davidson's work. He's at a University of Madison, Wisconsin, and it's all just about neuroplasticity. How can we train the brain to move away from depression, anxiety, et cetera, with these different techniques. So this deep relaxation breath is one that I've learned that I think uh, uh, Dr. Williams, you were talking about, gets taught a lot for anxiety. So we have some different lengths on here and just this on the go one, which I won't play the whole thing here. the body in three parts, the belly, the rib cage, the collarbones. You may place one hand on your belly and the other over your heart. It supports you in following breath. So, when we're experiencing a lot of stress, so when we're experiencing a lot of stress, we tend to bring our breath into our chest and our breath can become very hot and very shallow. This is an exercise that we can be taught to bring the breath into the belly, to really make sure we're breathing deeply. And what we know is that the mind and the body and the brain are all really intimately connected. So if we're starting to feel very anxious, we can sort of hack that anxiety response at the breath level by slowing the breath down in such a way that the, the mind and the brain is like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm breathing in such a peaceful way. The threat must be the gone. the vagus nerve. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So the threat must be gone. So we can do these interesting things for ourselves. So... Um, so when this plays through, I'm going to hit the debug just to, to move it along, if it'll let me. Uh, there's a different debug button for this. I don't know. I find myself uh, working along, you know, going along with the breathing exercise. Mm -hmm. I did it. I, I, I think I, I used this one yesterday, uh, actually, geez. while I was at work. <laughs> and well, I'll, that breathing I'll exercise really does work. And... and I teach it to pretty much all of my clients because it does really work. Mm -hmm. If you just yeah, take at, a few at, minutes to slow down your breathing, 
rather than being really shallow in your chest, going really deep into your belly. And I do the uh, four, two, six. So mm-hmm. breathe in yeah. for four, hold for two, exhale for six. Yeah. You repeat. It really helps just slow everything down, slow down your heart rate, slow down your mind, increases focus. Mm-hmm. And, and also when you, so the, the slowing the breath is its own practice, but also that, that ability to anchor on your breath and being able to, like when all the thoughts and everything that may be happening is rushing there, there's this great quote that between the stimulus and the response lies our dignity and freedom, right? So it's like the stressful event can happen and then we have our breath that we can anchor on and let it go or respond intentionally. And so Amaru is very sleepy right now, so we didn't see the big aura flash and the big twirl of victory that people mm-hmm. would, would normally see. But, uh, but, but we have these goal gems in the top right here. And the goal gems, uh, we get them when we meet our self-care goals. Um, so the breathing practice is one of them. We also have our uh, gratitude journal, which is over here. I really like that you integrated a gratitude journal. Oh, yes. absolutely. Because it's something yeah. that I... Again, I, I teach my clients all the time. Yeah, yeah. We have, a, uh, by the way, I, I don't know if you're aware, the Fog of Maya project, which is sort of the, the broader project on which Amaru is one game. We do have a Patreon. So if people want to check it out, I have a video on there where I go really deep into the science of gratitude journaling and kind of what it does on a neurological level. So feel free to check that out as well. But we have the ability just to enter three things that we're grateful for. I was talking with Dr. B about this on um, with Take This earlier. And uh, he was asking me, well, how do we how do we present this in a way that isn't too much of like a Pollyanna thing where we're trying to deny the bad and only focus on the good? And the way that I talk about it is this. It's just for people with depression, um, we have a tendency to have this negativity bias where there may be good and bad things happening in our environment at any particular time. But because working memory is so limited, we can only pay attention to so many things at once. So what I like to think about this is it's like equipping your gratitude materia. You're just putting one gratitude materia in your little materia slot, right? It's like you have all your other things that you could be paying attention to, but you're just just for a little while, just going to put in my gratitude materia and focus on what there is to be grateful for and just see how that feels and get better at recognizing that. It just allows you to do to see that more in your day to day. Because that negative cognitive bias will make it that your mind will actively see and conf- see the things that confirm the way you feel. So if you yeah. feel like crap, your brain's actively going to see the things that confirm why you feel like crap rather than Absolutely. seeing the reasons why things maybe aren't as bad as you may believe them to be or yeah. things that you have accomplished. I think in, in, in just general perspective of a gratitude journal, it doesn't negate that bad things are happening, but allows your mind to refocus on some of the good things that happen. I know yeah. working, working a lot. They're not within, just bad. There are good as well. Right. We're working with addiction um, for as long as I have. It, it's, it's one of the things that it's, it's built into AA and NA and it's built into almost every, every rehab center is do the journal. Even if, yeah. even if the only thing that you could put in for the day is that you woke up that's something to be grateful for right now. It counts. It yeah. counts. It counts. You're absolutely- I perceived it as uh, with the uh, gratitude uh, journal with things going on today. We're, we're 
essentially on information and emotion, like overload. Like yeah. there's so much going on. We've, we've hit the glass ceiling. We can only process so much that refocusing down to be grateful for something kind of recenters yourself. That's yeah, and, how I and, took it. That's perfect, Joe. Like that, that nails, that's hitting the nail on the head because one of the reasons why we have a negativity bias is because it's adapted from a survival perspective, right? If you had to choose what to focus on from a survival perspective, paying attention to threats keeps you alive. Our brains have a tendency to doing I will focus on that. the bear rather right. than the nice the fish that's roasting on a fire. Ex- exactly. But um, at the same time, just because it keeps us alive doesn't mean it doesn't make us miserable, right? So practicing that ability to pull out of the default mode of scanning for threat uh, mm-hmm. is, is a skill in and of itself. And I think there is, like, yeah, there's this fear, oh, is that, that going to make me soft? No, it's not, because it's a skill that you develop. You turn it on and turn it off. You equip your gratitude uh, material, you take your gratitude material out, it doesn't make you worse, right? Um, For me, the so one I, that I use a lot is rather than just the, the gratitude one, I use the the glad. Yes, so, so talk more about that. Yeah. So it, it's an acronym. So rather than just focusing on three grateful things that you uh, that that happened today, you focus on one thing that you're grateful for, one thing you learned, one thing you accomplished, and one thing that delighted you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, sometimes. I, Clients are scraping the barrels. Well, I didn't accomplish anything. Just find something. Oh, I made food. Hey, you did something. Mm -hmm. At the very lowest, I had a client that was so depressed that if she could get out of bed and move from her bed to the couch, that was a good day. Hey, you accomplished getting out of bed. You could yeah, have not glad, got out about, but you did. Glad journaling will be a topic in this game, to be sure. So I wanted cool. to go ahead and input this so y'all can see the uh, Aura flash that we've we've programmed in here. I'm curious to see how it works when he's actually sleepy like this, but I think it should still work. Cool. So mm. that was basically saying that I've I've achieved a certain self care goal for myself, and those will be customizable in the full game. You can set your self care goal to be something like do ten push ups. We're going to have a lot of different customization for this. I'm going to put that in there. I've hit mine for the day. Now you're seeing these little gleams in the background. What we decided to do here was there's a, there's a hypothesis in psychology called the broaden and build hypothesis of happiness, which is that when you start to strengthen these sort of gratitude centers in your brain, you start to see more reasons to be grateful. Mm-hmm. So to create that in a metaphorical sense, you can see these, there are now these sort of glints in the background. And what we've done is we've hidden prizes that you can only see when your aura has strengthened. So uh, we are embedding um, affirmations and prizes in the environment that you can see uh, when you do these things. So the, so the brighter your aura, the better your roles are for getting better treasures out of this mechanic. So I wanted to show that there, recognize the good qualities, and there are many. And we got some chicken. I mean, who's going to complain about that? Um, I was complain <laughs> about chicken. The, so I'm going to go ahead and put him to bed because, I mean, let's say goodnight to Amaru because it's so freaking cute. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, Lexi is such a talented uh, artist. Like, I am so incredibly grateful to have her um, working on this project. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I think I did that too early. Am I going to be a meanie and wake him up so I can show that there are actually fun mini games in here as well? 
Um, you know what? Well, I'm just going to play the, the whack-a-mole one. Yeah, yes, the whack-a-mole one. I'm going to encourage. Play. I'm, I can't wake him up. I can't do it. He's going to. He's going to be so sad if I do. So I'm going to let him sleep. Um, but uh, I'm going to encourage players. They can. Um, they can visit us at our website and they can download the test build. And we do. It's. We do have a lot of self-care in here, but we also have just fun stuff to do. So we've got a little whack-a-mole game in there, and um, in the full release, we're going to make that more dynamic and have difficulty levels and we're also going to have four additional mini games and five new environments that as you've got these two um two stats in the game you've got your bond and you have got your aura and bond is mostly related to when you take care of amaru aura is related to when you take care of yourself and these two mechanics synergize on one another. When you maximize both of them, you will get to the last location in the game uh, and get to see sort of the game's ending. Um, so let's say bye to Amaru. Good one. <laughs> oh, adorable. I love the, the gamification <laughs> of mental health. Uh, I, I use a couple of apps in, in, in my practice and without plugging uh, uh, other apps, but um, Super Better and yeah. Habitica. Mm-hmm. I really like those games because they're focusing on you and you leveling yourself up and achieving certain ranks. But with, with Amaru is you're tending to this friend Mm -hmm. and throughout my career and throughout research I've done, a lot of people have an easier time to take care of their pets than they do about themselves. Mm-hmm. Their dogs or their uh, cats will always have a bowl full of food, yet they will not yeah. eat anything for the entire day. Absolutely. Look, you know what it what it was was we we got everyone so zen with our you know mindfulness exercise. We just needed to remind them that the world is a terrifying echo echoey place. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, totally no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, well, sorry about that, everyone. But uh, anyway, Ryan no, is an okay. incredibly talented developer, and he's he everything that you saw coding wise is is his. Uh, if if Lexi is Amaru's mom, uh, Ryan is is Amaru's dad. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's I I mean the the game itself uh, I mean runs really smooth. I, I haven't yeah for I a test build yeah. It, yeah, it is for a beta it's running really well. Thank you. Yeah um, for. We're yeah, we, we're working really hard on it. So um, really happy. It shows. It. Yeah, and our producer, I can see uh, Ro- Rogue of Light have... TV. By the way, that's our producer Lauren. She's saying, "Hey, she's on there." And oh, she's in the chat. There. there she is. We're all we're all hanging out here, lurking in different ways. <laughs> With the game being in beta, do you yeah. have like a limit of how many people can install the beta? Because I'm thinking about about a couple of clients that could actually really no please any yeah bring them on uh please uh we are happy to have everyone you know our goal is to have the kickstarter is going to be uh so like i said we submitted it for review today so it should be i'm hoping that that's going to be out there in like the next 10 days my understanding with kickstarters we know whether or not the project's going to back within the first few days of that campaign and even if it doesn't back, we're still going to finish this thing and release it. It's just going to be mm-hmm. a matter of if the Kickstarter goes well, we will be able to really buff the content up that we really wanted to. Uh, and if not, we're just going to have to make it, you know, 
very similar to what the test build is, but just kind of uh, make it a little more polished and, and get it out there. But yeah, uh, the, the test build right now, basically, as long as you're not using an iPhone 6, that one just doesn't seem to work. Um, but everyone else seems to be having a good a good experience with it. So please share it, share it all around. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. when it was uh, just released, I I actually uh, a friend she uh, is actually watching uh, asked for some suggestions of this and that, and I'm like, you know what? Would you be interested in in testing uh, a mobile game, a self care mobile game? And she did. And she actually loved it, and actually said how relaxing it was, and it really is. And it's not just the breathing exercises; it's the atmosphere that you create in the game that makes it relaxing and recenters, has a person recenter and think about what they're grateful for, and relax themselves and get rid of some anxiety and uh, stressors from their day to day. And that ten to fifteen minutes is huge and i i haven't been as dedicated with it over the last couple months i've definitely played with it i've been on it at least three to four times a week well that is uh as much on us in making the experience engaging uh, making the experience engaging and we've got some tricks up our up our sleeve for that so um our goal mm-hmm. is to create Our goal is to create a game that is engaging enough to kind of get people over that two month hump. And I'm really like inspired and and proud of the fact that people have played the game as much as they have and enjoyed the game as much as as they have, but we've got so much more. (laughs) We've got so much more that we want to share. So I'm really excited to to share it with y'all real soon. And uh, with the kick, with, the, with yeah, with the timeline, you know, if all goes well, Kickstarter and everything, it's going to be out before Christmas, full game and plushies. So, you know, oh, dropping them, nice. dropping them, Mar- dropping them, Mario under the tree. You know, <laughs> I'll take and, uh, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have to take three because my daughters uh-huh. will come into my office and take it. So, <laughs> I, if I get them their own, mm-hmm. you can mine keep safe. yours. There I will go. stay in my office, and maybe you you can put a tier on for that uh, <laughs> Kickstarter to get maybe I don't know like get the artist for Amaru to draw one and sign a print. Uh, yeah, <laughs> look yeah. at yeah. Joe put on, working. Put it on my, <laughs> my, my wall. <laughs> I will all, get that level. <laughs> I, I am all about it. it. We're all about it. Same. 100%. That would be epic. Epic. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you very much. Well, this we've already been talking for a while and everything, but I do want to touch on. It's great that we're seeing a a boost in incorporating mental health in video games. You're starting to see it more and more. Uh, it with uh, especially in the last four years that we've we've been around and we've grown into a five hundred one c three. Uh, nonprofit that promotes mental health awareness. We've seen it a lot more and it's becoming more normalized now. And video games are incorporating different aspects of it from social settings to uh, Amaru, you know, taking self-care into effect or just promoting resources within, you know, or depicting. Go ahead. Just in the recent weeks, uh, wasn't it war? World of Warships, War of Warships, World of Tanks, has the, yeah, World of Tanks, that had the um, mental health button, 
And yep. um, Matt, you had sh- shared the the article. I'm actually reading the the research on it uh, with the first FDA approved video game mm-hmm. yes. treatment for ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and interesting, that guy, uh, Noah Falstein, I believe is his name. Mm -hmm. And I I immediately went and looked up that company when I saw that article. And I saw sitting on the board of advisors of that company is this guy, Richard Davidson, who is like attached to every project I've ever been interested in. And this guy is, (laughs) he is the, he's the guru of like uh, neuroscience meditation. He's the guy who like started putting putting monks and fMRIs and looking at neuroplasticity and all that sort of stuff and uh, yeah there seems to be this um, this interesting group that's creating a lot of really cool stuff so um, that's really exciting to see that what that game is going to be uh, capable of doing I mean there's a there's a huge convention happening I think it's next week virtually of course called games for change yeah yeah Yes. And that's what, I mean, I went to it last year in person and it was amazing because they showed a lot of, um, last year was geared more towards uh, VR style games, but it showed exercises for my backgrounds in addiction. So a lot of what I talk about yeah. is addiction, but it showed VR um, scenarios of how to almost put yourself in a situation, put an alcoholic in a virtual bar to see mm-hmm. how they would manage the situation. And then you do the same thing. You Both monitor heart rate and you, mm-hmm. you monitor what's going on to see really how they're feeling on the inside to see how they can manage that, um, that type of situation. So incorporating video games with mental health is it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's happening. And there's also games that have just been tackling it with the narratives, right? Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Celeste was the one that knocked everyone, right? Incredible, right? I mean, and and it was, you know, this, like, grindy, awesome, hardcore platformer, but then all wrapped in the narrative of this young woman overcoming a a judgmental inner voice. Incredible, right? And then then, uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, comes out. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is, this is sort of an idea that's time has come. And, and I like that because um, if you're the only person out there doing something, you know, you seem like, Oh man, is this actually a good thing? But when you're part of a larger movement, you know, when, you know, it's like when it's everyone is sort of simultaneously recognizing that this is an important thing to be working on. And so it's, it's really cool to see whether it's about whether it's uh, people like you and take this that are about, let's get resources to gamers or let's get resources and awareness into the industry or whether it's on the content side with like Celeste and Hellblade or whether it's like actually creating gamified self-care like this or like the ADHD game. There's lots of different ways that everyone's Mm -hmm. touching on this topic. Maybe just because video games has become such a powerful medium now. Yeah. And tabletops actually transitioning mm-hmm. to a virtual tabletop yeah and uh uh dr kilmer was with us uh, a couple weeks ago we were uh doing uh, a dnd one shot uh on stream doing a guided uh extra breathing exercises throughout the campaign but they're they created a uh a new kickstarter as well called critical core that mm-hmm. is focused on helping those on the uh autistic spectrum with social skills and building social skills with this uh, tabletop platform and game that you could also utilize virtually as well. So it's great seeing that transition that used to be 
you, you, we'd all have to be in the same room around my dining room table to play this game that we can utilize virtual things. And it's becoming essentially like a video game now. Yeah. So. And uh, we saw there's a Kickstarter right now also for a game that's basically, it's called, I think it's called the game of real life or something like that. It's a card game and it's entirely dialectal behavioral therapy. It's DBT skills like on cards in a game they've gamified sort of awareness of dbt skills so yeah it's it's you're right it's not just the video it's not just the video game medium it's just it's uh, even tabletop and and card games yeah, are kind of coming it's around really this. growing mm-hmm. you see this, the this, use of video games in in treatment is a way that we can use it or use different aspects of it that we weren't able to do before so one thing that we're seeing a lot is with what you were mentioning, Matt, with VR, helping people being exposed to things that me, we may not be able to do. So exposing someone's to someone that has a fear of flying or fear of heights. Mm. Well, I can bring them on a plane or I can bring them on the top of the Empire State Building without actually being there. Yeah. Are y'all familiar yep. with uh, the Insight Project? Insight Project. Uh, I've read a little bit about it, but it, it's, I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, it's, it's basically a continuation of what Ninja Theory did with Hellblade. So what, you know, what Ninja Theory did was they partnered with Cambridge University and a guy named Dr. Paul Fletcher, um, who is you know, a, a clinician and uh, I think he particularly focuses on psychosis. I don't, I don't want to butcher it, but, um, but yeah, so they got together and they created this, but their notion now, especially now that they've got that, uh, got that Microsoft money, I'm sure that they could be really ambitious with what they can do, but they really want to take, you know, VR and biometrics and like a lot of this type of stuff and really explore deep into, you know, what can be achieved and in, in clinical and, and, um, you know, sort of exposure type stuff through games and uh just for them the way they recorded the audio for for hellblade audio is Mm -hmm. is something to behold the mvps of that game are the voices that whisper in your head the entire time like i like to think to myself like how long just in text pages like was the script of all of those lines i mean because they literally they never stop talking the entire time. Wow. You've got those things talking to you the entire time. It's absolutely incredible. I played that. I actually played that game in a single through the night, 10 hour playthrough because I actually had a call with Ninja Theory and Paul and I hadn't played the game yet. And I was like, I'm going to make sure I finish this thing before, <laughs> before <laughs> I talk to them. Um, and I think that doing it that way, uh, I certainly felt um, a little like, broken by the end of it which made me more <laughs> empathetic to the to the protagonist but yeah man it's a it's quite a, it's quite a, a it's quite an achievement of a, as a game so just one thing I, so when ways. i used to teach uh um i used to teach a couple classes and one of them was on psychopathology and when we touched on psychosis and schizophrenia i would show there was an old youtube video made back mid 2000s i think of the life of someone living with schizophrenia. So it was kind of a mock of first person of this person doing certain things and having these, these voices in their head. Now, I, I no longer teach, but I'm, I'm hoping to teach again later. When I would come across that one, I'm just going to show them Hellblade. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because it's <laughs> so much better. Yeah. It's an incredible depiction, to be sure. I think, though, it is important, though, that um, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we decided with Amaru to go a bit more family friendly, right? I mean, Hellblade's a, Hellblade's a pretty intense experience. Its <laughs> depiction <laughs> is so you worded it very well. Uh, the sequel comes out later this year, but I think to games, games like um, games like uh, Hellblade and games like um, Amaru uh, are are like a therapist's dream in a sense. Because well, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I have because just being able to give a client or given being able to give like a 16 year old a video game to play in regards to their treatment. Like it's, it's a home run for me. It's, it's beautiful. Game, yeah. It's a game changer. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it just by the numbers mm-hmm. uh, in 2018, it, there was 64 million gamers just in the U S that's just the United States. Mm-hmm. That number has grown exponentially over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any stats in front of me to what it is right now, but 67 million yeah. individuals imagine- playing games. And just taking that demographic right there where they're going for between the 12 and 17-year-old, giving that 16-year-old a mobile game to assist them with their own self-care from therapy. Oh, my God. I, I, I can't imagine the uh, positive impact that's going to have overall. And I mean, to just touch back again, it's, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. I mean, that's just the fact of life right, right there. But having that moment to be grateful for something and to recenter yourself when you're having a moment of crisis or you're, be, you're just overwhelmed being able to separate yourself from that situation for 10, 15 minutes at a time to build that, that good habit over two months can have such a huge impact. I, I would love to see uh, any sort of uh, stats or just talk to somebody that actually utilized it like that, like going to therapy, having them, get the game and two months from now, how do you think you feel versus how you, you know, would have been without it? Yeah. That's something that Rachel Cower uh, brought up uh, in our talk with take this uh, this morning was, are we interested in doing any sort of research partnerships? And the answer is absolutely yes. I mean, like the kind of data that could come out of this type of app could be very powerful because it's longitudinal data you know, coming out over time and, and letting people know we, I am like a, a bulldog when it comes to the, uh, protection of my users' data. Yeah, but if it's all opt-in and uh, the and whatever grant money of whatever uh, university wants to pay for their subscription, uh, and then they are well treated for contributing to science, then then I'm open to it. Um, but I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of room for collaboration as well. Um, and 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 then and in that case, and actually, I I wanted to ask you, Dr. Williams. Uh, I want to come back to this, but uh, you know. For a researcher, if they let us kind of know, like, well, what is the research question that they have? We can try to gamify an experience around getting at that question, you know, which is which is a really interesting thing to do. But I wanted to ask you, um, so gratitude journaling is one thing we've got in there. And we do want to do different journal topics like glad journaling and intention setting. We've got uh, 
whole library of mindfulness type exercises I want in there. But if there was like one exercise that you recommended to your patients that you saw that you would love to see a gamified example of, like, what would it be? What would be something that you like hand to your patients and say, Mm. I really want you to practice this. And I guess I can open that question up to anyone of like, you know, I'm really curious is what is reply would be. (laughs) The one that really comes up to mind, and it's the one that I'm kind of known for being a parrot for, are those four pillars. So, Joe, you know which one I'm talking about. Absolutely. It's making sure that you ate today, making sure that, or you're eating enough, that you're hydrating, that you've got enough sleep, and that you've interacted with people socially. Mm. And we're, you're kind of doing that with Amaru. So you're feeding Amaru, you're letting him sleep, you're not necessarily giving him water, but you're also making him go out and explore and having those interactions. You've set me up. You've set me up so beautifully here. This, this is, this, (laughs) (laughs) this is a stretch goal in our uh, Kickstarter, but if we hit it, we are going to embed a hydration garden. And what that means is that when you, when you self-report that you drank enough water for the day, your plant grows stronger. And then once it reaches a certain growth, it begins to blossom and then fruit. And then you can feed Amaru the fruit off of the plants from your hydration garden. That's, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, we, I'm really excited about that feature. Um, with sleep, is it something sleep? that so many people take so for granted? So oh, I don't drink enough water. I know I don't. But something like that would... Would definitely at least keep it at least keep it top of mind. And um, the uh, sleep is an interesting one. We actually had sleep hygiene features built into Amaru, but they were far too punishing. Gamers are not great with sleep, and we were getting messages of like, "I need to uninstall this app. I can't wake up on time. Amaru's upset every time I log in. I can't deal with it anymore." So. So we, so we had to walk back the sleep hygiene, um, but we're going to, we're going to make it optional. We're going to make it where if you, if you want Amaru to help keep you accountable for getting to bed on time, we, we can. But. One thing I, I say to a lot of my clients is rather than aiming for a specific hour number, so rather than saying, oh, I'm going to sleep for uh, six hours or so, try to go for an, an hour range. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of throughout everything. Go from six to eight hours. If you can get between six and eight, you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. Or getting a feel for what your body needs. If it's seven to nine, it's seven to nine. Mm-hmm. So having that, that range, same thing with water, rather than saying, I'm drinking eight glasses of water today, yeah. give yourself that range of six to eight type of thing. Right. It's all, about, it's all about setting achievable goals having those four pillars plays so much of a big impact for a lot of my clients because one, they, they weren't meeting them and a lot of people aren't necessarily meeting them and, and not understanding how important they are and how impactful they are. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my colleagues that taught a class a while ago um, had mentioned, uh, cause she's a, a social worker and, Everyone has this mindset of, oh, oh, every mental health professional has all of their shit together. 
<laughs> one we we all no. we don't no no, <laughs> no. we're people no. too and God, no. she uh, she had said this anecdote of waiting in line uh in the drive through at Starbucks just her anger was going through the roof cuz the line was moving so slow for her to just get a tea it's like how long does it take to put water in a cup and a tea bag and she was ready to Gonna berate the barista and make a separate lane, and she she came home and told her husband, and he just asked her, "What did you eat today? Nothing. What did you drink? This tea and coffee. How many hours did you sleep? Or <laughs> start seeing maybe, up here? Maybe it wasn't about the tea. It was not <laughs> right. about the tea." <laughs> Yeah, my, my wife comments all the time that I get hangry. Mm-hmm. Hangry is a very real thing. Real thing. <laughs> yes, um, yes, it is. I like the the HALT acronym too, right? The hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I mean, don't make a decision mm-hmm. if you're any of those four things. It's true. Yeah. You don't go to the grocery store hungry because you end mm-hmm. up with a $200 receipt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, really just don't go to Costco well, if you're hungry. Well, <laughs> I don't have kids, Joe. <laughs> I use that excuse all the time, but when I go grocery shopping, it's just like, yeah, she'll eat that. It's for me. (laughs) They don't eat eat cheese whiz, you know, and I don't, I shouldn't have it either. just hide the Twizzlers. They're in my office. They're right here. They're safe. (laughs) Don't worry. $1.88. We could sit here literally all night and take up all your time, Dr. Gabe, and it's just been so amazing hearing so much more. I really can't thank you enough for talking more about this. We, I, I would sit here all night and listen to all the exciting things you have planned for Amaru Virtual Pet. And if you are not in their Discord or following their Twitter, definitely do that. And we will actually pin both those that information in the show notes. So when the episode releases, uh, people will have direct links right to it and we'll continue to support it. But uh, if everybody's uh, everybody's uh, interested, we can go into a little bit of gaming news and then we can uh, wrap it up for this evening. Oh, sure. It's been a real pleasure, yeah. everyone. Nate, you want to bring us into it? Oh, okay. Where do we begin? So uh, we, we talked about Six Wing Studios is launching their Kickstarter. I, I'm looking forward to that taking off, and uh, we will back you any way we can. Um, since we're on the Twitch platform, it's kind of funny that we're talking about Mixer shutting down. Yes, <laughs> yes. That is that is reality. Uh, Mixer is yeah. shutting down. Through a tweet. Yes. Through a tweet. That was that was less than exciting, and they're paying forward all the streamers and everybody from their platform to Facebook Gaming. So uh, at right. least they're buying paying it forward points. Um, that was just <sighs> I there there's some there's eventually someone's going to write a tell all on this one, and we're we're going to get the story behind this. But that is just the mess. I'm guessing Jason Schreier. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, yeah, he'll he'll write that article. Yeah, someone will. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was very odd that uh, right when they got kind of called on the mat about the way that they moderate um, their users um, and I guess their employees as well, I, they had a big HR to do um, in, in light of the Black Lives 
matter movement uh, that, that kind of came out and it was very damning. And then two days later, they go, we're done. Uh, we're shutting down and uh, we're sending everyone over to Facebook. Um, there's, it, it, yeah, it's just something fishy about that entire story. But it's, it's a shame because there was a lot of good that came out of Mixer in terms of the technology behind streaming. They're mm-hmm. faster than light um, is still unmatched by any streaming platform. And I hope that that gets, I know that Mixer has, or Microsoft has already said they're integrating that into their uh, uh, Teams platform to do video conferencing, much like we're doing in a more seamless fashion so that there isn't lag, so we're not talking over each other because of the delay. Um, so, like, there's some great stuff behind that, but uh, it really did thin the field. And Twitch is, is the, you know, 100-pound gorilla in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of won, right? They're, they're, they're literally just, you know, it's, yes, we did this because Facebook isn't, vetted out enough and but there's some big names on facebook there are some very big names on facebook yes and and they they had mentioned that all the contracts you could either either get it paid out or get it transferred to facebook gaming right i haven't heard a lot of i don't know how much of it is fact or not but i haven't heard a lot of good things about the way facebook gaming does their contracts well, there's pros and cons to every contract. I mean, Twitch follows their own, but a lot of people forget too that YouTube is still larger than all live streaming platforms globally. Yeah. I mean, it is a massive center, and its gaming side, the live streaming side, isn't mm-hmm. really talked about as much as Twitch, Mixer, Facebook Gaming. I mean, they don't they promote no, but it, but you, not as much. YouTube gaming is pretty. Pretty big. It is. It's not as big as Twitch, for sure. But Overwatch League left Twitch for YouTube gaming. Mm-hmm. Overwatch League used to be all over Twitch and <laughs> can't get it on Twitch anymore. It's all on nope. it's all on YouTube. A broadcast that's, a, that's one of the biggest ones out there right now. And YouTube is really good from a broadcast standpoint as far as yeah. features is concerned. They don't they don't hold a candle to Twitch. The closest thing we had was Mixer and well well where Facebook is good. Um with the toxicity side of it, I guess, because it's got to be verified accounts. You can't really spoof your um, identity on it. So there's a lot, there's, there's not a lot of keyboard warriors there. It also does not protect the streamer that well. And that was an issue I had. I, I did, I, I did a multi, I used to multi-stream on um, Twitter, Mixer, Twitter, Twitch, Mixer, Facebook, and YouTube. And the one is, Facebook, yeah, it's a restream IO software. No. Do all four at the same time when you're not a affiliate or partner, no contracts or anything. Um, the problem I had with Facebook is they just kept linking my personal profile, and the last thing I want to do is have my address be doxed. Be you know, I don't need taxis and pizzas sent to my house. And Facebook is really bad at that. Yeah, I'm gonna confess something. I don't have a Facebook account. <laughs> Congratulations, Joe. Thank you. Contemplated <laughs> I have a Twitter. Mine on a dozen different occasions. I got rid of my Facebook five years ago, and I made one briefly to do something for the nonprofit on it and immediately deleted it again. I, I, I'm just not a Facebook 
person. I, I don't like how everything's laid out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's not an invasion of privacy, but I just couldn't come to grips with being friends with somebody on Facebook and having them like comments and pictures and stuff and then seeing them stand behind me at the grocery store and not interact with them there. But I tested this and it was honest to God, this is a true story. Somebody was two people behind me, looked at them. We made eye contact, didn't say anything. And I was waiting for it. And I made a quick post on Facebook and they liked it. (laughs) And I, and I look over at them and it's like, you know what, (laughs) this is really just hindering that social interaction where Nope. I'm done. It's like a bad episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just couldn't get over it. So I I was just done with it. But no, yeah, it's, uh, we'll see what they do. I mean, Mixer was pretty prominent at at PAX this past uh, February. Yes, they were. It was very sudden uh, how that all transpired. So I'll be very eager to hear. I I think overspending might be a part of it. I mean, but if one, you think about it, that's a lot. You of mentioned money with there. the overspending, how much money did Ninja and Shroud make? Getting, well, just between the two of their, them, their contracts bought out. Thirty million for Ninja, right? Am I correct? Ten on million that for Shroud. Shroud, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at forty to fifty million dollars without incentives or any sort of anything else right off the top that's just for being bought out Ugh, right two that's not they're signing their, their contract signing at all that's their yeah. bye-bye but hey you know the thing the bad thing about that was ninja brought over three thousand subscribers or whatnot to the channel while yeah. he still had fifteen thousand or fifteen million or whatever still on a shutdown Twitch channel. Right. So it was, he brought some over, but even the channel he didn't stream to anymore was still getting more. Mm-hmm. But what, there was another big thing that happened in the news uh, this past week. And it happens to be something that we utilize daily. Uh, Discord is rebranding and shifting away from becoming a uh, from from a gaming platform to becoming a general purpose uh, business management and chat app, um, basically taking on Slack. And I'll tell you what, this is exactly how we utilize that platform, this mm-hmm. platform, for four years now, going on five <laughs> years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done so much on this platform to the point that we have a verified mental health on demand mental health bot that is in 150 discord servers and on Twitch as well, uh, supplying people with on demand 24 seven mental health and crisis resources. And we, we use it for gaming, but you really do see how discord is a general everyday chat for every walk of life and group and activity and interest. I mean, I'm sure there's bowling leagues that have a discord server, mm-hmm. you know, was that a bad example? You guys agreed no, to well, it too, it's too the quick. Ease of use of discord. No. Yeah. Bowling still relevant. <laughs> Ish. So not it's, within the pandemic, uh, but community. Right. Right. It, 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 it is. Well, you could have we bowling. <laughs> could have we a bowling. discord. We, we have sports. Discord. Oh man, that takes me back. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. He wants to hurt me so badly right now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, that's it. It's, it's a very well-designed community tool, and that's, you know, gaming really benefited from that in the community aspect, whereas, you know, well, all we had prior to this was Reddit, and Reddit is really just a poster board. You put everything on a wall and hope someone reads it, and yeah. my is literally crawling in the room on her hands and knees to steal <sighs> daughter's tablet hi reddit is like <laughs> crawling through poison ivy to try to find the four leaf clovers right you can't really oh that is such a good analogy <laughs> wow that, that was so good and so, so true <laughs> it is you're like you oh i found one on. ah it's only three god right. <laughs> oh no but uh gabe uh mm-hmm. you're in your team how yeah. how do you think utilizing Discord has has brought you together versus any other platform? I mean, it is how we it's how it's how we do it's how we do. You know, I mean, I've got my art channel, and I mean, between Discord and, and Miro, Miro is my my big collaboration uh, uh, design tool that I use. But yeah, I mean, we've got our art channel. When Lexi and I are talking about art, it goes in the art channel. When Lauren and I are talking about promotion so it goes in that when i'm like yeah we do everything on discord and you know right now uh with lockdown in north carolina being lifted uh or before the covid we were all just working out of my living room and that was nice to be able to yell over each other's shoulders and it but but when it when we had to go virtual for the pandemic everything was over discord 100 mm. so yeah it made everything uh, there and then our community lauren's the real um genius on that one she really helped to stoke the the community there and what she her whole philosophy was about we need to get people here and then eventually have a moderator but get them to start engaging with each other and that was really great because what they first started doing their fans was they started bonding over making amaru fan art which was just adorable you know they're all just like teenagers drawing their own amarus and sharing them and 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 riffing on each other's art and then we had a a IRL Amaru's thread, which is just people sharing their pet pictures. And before you know it, you've got a great community that's talking about the game sometimes and talking about their own stuff other times, And but it's still centered around the game. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was not, uh, I, I consider myself a gamer, but I w- I've always been a, um, a Final Fantasy and Zelda, you know, single player kind of guy. So like the online community thing is somewhat newer to me but but lauren was was really great at helping get our community off the ground and, and discord's been a huge part of that so yeah and now we've yes. got drake in there drake is starting to pick up that that slack now as well and doing um streaming events of just games that our community likes they 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 seem to they, we go down that wholesome games channel which is a great twitter mm-hmm. account if you're not following wholesome games but you know starby valley and minecraft and that kind of stuff so sometimes oh. drake will stream and our fans come and interact around the game and yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is. And they're just adding feature after feature. They just enabled, you know, any of your voice channels can now do video. So you can do what we're doing here. Click of the click of a button. So they really make it easier. And, and one of our, one of our own uh, community members, T Morris actually just uh, released the discord for dummies. Yes. yes. I saw that. Yes. He's oh. an author. He uh, he wrote a book on it to help 
guide people th- across Discord and how to utilize awesome. all the different features. There's, it, it, it really is a great platform, and I think I, I don't know what book. we would do. <laughs> <laughs> I can send you a link. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you guys know who uh, the YouTube channel New Rock Stars are? I've never heard they of do them. like uh, movie analyses, um, uh, really pop culture type things. And during the pandemic, they were doing a rewatch of all of the MCU movies. Oh, on the Discord, and, yeah, yeah. So they were doing a watch along on them, and they they have their their YouTube videos that they posted after in terms of kind of dissecting the movie and picking apart every little bits and pieces in terms of linking the movies together and picking out the Easter eggs. It was a big watch party of these people that just love these movies watching and sharing the ideas of, or did you see this or this uh, license plate? These number means, means that uh, look at this comic that released in this day. Mm -hmm. Anybody see Howard the duck in Endgame at the Mm -hmm. end? Yeah. Yeah. He was in uh, there was a sick. couple of Avengers movies. Well, he's in Endgame when they all come out of the portal to face yeah. off Thanos for the last time. He's yeah. right there. And God, right But here. during the pandemic, <laughs> this was something people were looking forward to. Every week, they would yeah. watch a movie and just nerd out for hours on on the movie. Yeah, real, uh, real excited to see where, where Discord goes. Uh, they've been transitioning and working on things for the last several years and I'm real excited to see what they bring. Uh, what else do we got in the news? Well, we have Seattle home of Bungie home of destiny. They rank number one top video game city in the United States. There's not a shocker, right? (laughs) Seattle is like the Silicon Valley of gaming studios. And they're in North Carolina going, but wait, I have these, these guys in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, I got some guys sitting in my living room right now. <laughs> Our developers right here. No, uh, no. Well, every state has the uh, developers in them. I mean, we have uh, vicarious vision in New York state and upstate New York and uh, down the city. There's, Oh God, I, I think there's like 30, different developers just down in the city alone, but every state has them. But Seattle is like a hub for gamers and studios. Considering, you know, I'm, I'm just North of LA and we have a ton of, yeah. Yeah. Production houses here. So I was that, that one floored me that Seattle would actually have taken that top spot over Los Angeles, Austin, uh, I know North Carolina's got a bunch of developers over there for whatever. I mean, it must be the the property must be really inexpensive. We've North got Carolina's- a really interesting. We're we are a weird state, but we are. It's a real interesting place to be. But yeah, I mean, you're not you're not joking about the lack of uh, the just the cost of living. I mean, now granted, it gets more expensive every year. But it's because everyone's moving here. Because, I was just going to say, because yeah. we all move there. Yeah, everybody's moving here. And uh, yeah, there's this lots of tech jobs, lots of education. And yeah, I mean, there's just when Fortnite shot the moon, it, you know, uh, what Epic found was, 
well, holy crap, we've, we've created this thing. We've got all this money, but we've got this talent shortage. So I guess you've got to start investing in our local community to start building up the talent around so we can actually have people come and work for us and, and do good stuff. So I've got, you know, I've got some good friends who work over at Epic. But I mean, Seattle, Seattle, right? I've, I mean, my friend, uh, I've got a friend, Katie Casper in Redwood City, who works for Nintendo of America right there. And, you know, you talked about the other stuff there too, with the Switch being the giant explosion it's been, especially now that Switch is so like indie friendly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time to be in the games industry. And it looks like a lot of things are shifting around. I, You know what? North Carolina has been developing for the last... 20 years that I know of one of my good friends lives down there. We vacation down to Southport every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're, we're down there in the Wilmington Southport area every single year. And uh, it's always growing. Every time we go down there, like Southport was like a sleepy little town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last 15 years that's really transitioned, but I see so much more coming to that state and it's, it's yeah, I'm wearing, state, I'm wearing, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Raleigh t-shirt right now. I've been in, <laughs> I've been, I've been in Raleigh basically my entire life. And yeah, it's, it's not recognizable from when I was a kid. It's mm-hmm. uh, completely there. You know, we, if you go to downtown Raleigh, they talk about the warehouse district, which is this place where you go out and there's restaurants and bars and stuff like that. Now it used to be a bunch of warehouses, mm-hmm. it's a warehouse district, was a bunch of warehouses and 20 years go by. And now it's, it's, uh, it's a whole different game. And, but yeah, we've got, you know, but we've got some interesting uh, game studios coming up. There's Puny Human that did Infinity Blade, and then there's Squanch Games that worked on the Trover, which is the the Justin Roiland game, uh, kind of the Rick and Morty spinoff in VR. So um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things happening in Raleigh right now, and and having Unreal Engine right down the way in Carry certainly doesn't doesn't hurt. We've got Red Storm, we've got Insomniac. Um, yeah, we've got, Ooh, we've got a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Tell you what. July Another. 21, our episode will be uh, North Carolina ranks number one in video games. I was going to say, <laughs> next 15 years from now, North Carolina is going to take it. Raleigh. Something's got something's to happen on the East Coast, right? Like, what do we have on the East Coast? ESPN. Uh-huh. All of ESPN. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, we don't have much here up in Canada. We have a few studios. Uh, the big big ones are Ubisoft Montreal, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, EA or Bioware Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah. and and Ubisoft also has a, a North Carolina office. So, yeah, it's uh, Ubisoft's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. they're pretty huge. No, but that's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's kind of Seattle got its you know got its start with being a good place to go and a nice tech hub. You know, Silicon mm-hmm. Valley just getting it just priced everyone out. Yeah. Everyone went to Seattle, and then suddenly Austin became a big player in the game, and mm-hmm. now North Carolina is becoming a huge player in the game. Mm-hmm. So, well, if you're ever in town, come say hi. The nice I mean, thing about video games is you don't really, you know, you don't really need to be connected to a city, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. And we're we're seeing that now in the age of the pandemic, where. Mm-hmm. Uh oh! Did we lose his mic? I think we. Uh, we lost your mic. <laughs> uh, it, could, it couldn't be me with the tech issues every time, right? No. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. There we hey, go. it worked. Um, <laughs> what we're seeing now with the pandemic is 
people can work remotely. It's not always easy, but we're seeing this transition where having the entire team at one location is not necessarily as necessary as it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's not as necessary, but man, let me tell you, I like having my team on site. Oh my gosh. When we all Mm -hmm. four of us are in a room and we can just riff, like it's just something else. It's it, but, but, but your point is well taken. I mean, the tools that we have now are so incredible that, you know, when all of this started to go down and I, and, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, cause I'm, you know, I'm also just an entrepreneur in the general sense. And I'm hearing about some of my friends who are working on stuff like this poor company. I mean, they were literally working on um, a device that was an internet of things device that would allow parents to track their kids if they got lost at a theme park. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, that's done. You know, there's no theme parks. There's a theme parks in a pandemic like that. You're done. But but uh, video games, both in the creation of and the delivery of, is about as insulated of an industry as you can be. So. Yeah. Well, during the pandemic, GameStop saying that we are an essential business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. They weren't really right, but eh. oh, that one on didn't last for long. It's curious that you mentioned amusement parks. Because I was looking up um, Six Flags recently, and basically on their webpage, it's it's kind of like their sign says "No lifeguard on duty." You just come in and you take the risk of getting the disease. We're not liable yeah. for it. Yeah, Hershey wow. Park opens up tomorrow, and that's a three-hour job. Uh, you know what? I I'm, I'll go into this conversation. Hershey Park's the best theme mm-hmm. park out, you know, in the Northeast. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. It, it smells like chocolate, for God's sake. <laughs> funny is, we're actually shutting back down. We we just yes. you know, now our zoos are closing back up. Everything else is closing. Back. Yeah, a lot of states are doing that. You're seeing the spike hit. Uh, Florida, North Carolina. Uh, actually, my best friend. Uh, we pretty much alternate going down to North Carolina. Uh-huh. It, if we if we go down right now, we have to quarantine for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we come back and for our job, uh, it's unpaid. And they told us that we would have to get, uh, uh, compensated through the state or federal. And yeah. that takes weeks for the paperwork to go through. But uh, it's just, things are going back up, but you know what, you know, our, our governor was a little strict with things, but you, you know what, you, you saw some results in the long run. You know, wearing the mask, social distancing, being aware and conscious of those around you, you know, and taking precautions. And that should be carried forward wherever we go right now. Just not for our own sake, but for everybody around us. So I'm going to take a a quote from Dr. Mike. Stay alert, not anxious. Mm -hmm. That's good. Good one. Mm -hmm. Good one. All right. Well, you know what? I think that brings us to the end of the show. Wait, no, we, we can't be at the end of the show. Why? We didn't mention Animal Crossing. <laughs> I had to I, slide it in there. Well, yeah. if you join the Amaru Discord, there is an Animal Crossing channel. No. There's a great crossover fan base. I think we're going to work on that, Amaru. Let's see the uh, Animal Crossing Amaru edition. Uh, that would be pretty <laughs> epic. Yeah, that would be. 
Wish it's I it's been a I running joke drinks. since what March? No, since Something February. Like since PAX <laughs> East. Yeah, mm-hmm. since PAX. Uh, yeah. I uh, was it well, the first episode I was on? <laughs> it was. It was. I was oh, in uh, a hotel in Boston, <laughs> oh, and I recorded, it's and I was fault. talking about some of the things going on at PAX East, and it was the first mention of Animal Crossing because their booth was huge, awesome. amazing. Yeah, and I and, had on you because I remember you mentioning it in, on on Pixels. <laughs> you know what it's even it's making its way on that one too on that oh. podcast you know it's every episode for two podcasts go a show without hearing about this so i couldn't let it go i had yep. to, had to keep it alive i'm gonna be I, i'm gonna be kicked from the discord and the reason's gonna be because of animal crossing <laughs> well gabe will, will invite you over it'll be go down in history as the first time that's ever happened i got yes because of animal crossing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love these guys so much. They're a lot of fun. They really are. But you know what? I, I, I can't really knock it too much. It, it's such a great game. And it's got a lot going for it. It's just got to be mentioned at some point in time on every episode, even in passing. I but, I applaud you for that one, Nate. That was good. Yeah, that was a good one. You worked <laughs> that right in there. You had to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'll never forget being at Paxi's. I I was at the booth every single day, and it was hard for me to get away. And I got into the habit of every time Pax closed and the diversity lounge closed, I went down to the floor. Even though literally I couldn't get anything, do anything, I walked. And I walked for about two hours on the floor, like every night, and just took in the quiet and just the atmosphere and just soaked it all in. I think it was Friday night. Everything was shutting down. I'm down on the floor, the show floor, and the enforcers are pushing everybody out. And if you go over, if you went over to the Animal Crossing booth, I was standing right there. I have pictures on my phone. Uh, There was probably about 30, 40 people there. All the staffers for that booth were there. And there was one of the staffers dressed in one of the character suits. And there was a little girl about three years old on the other side of the ropes. And she got away from her parents and made her way into the booth, which was a life-size rendition of the island. And started walking up and the staff or, you know, the employees go, no, 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 let her, let her go and let the parents come around. And they're trying to say sorry. And she went up and gave the character a big hug around. (laughs) And it was like, it brought tears to your eyes. It was so heartwarming. Like I'm getting choked up just thinking about that moment again. It was just the most beautiful thing I saw at PAX East this year. That, that moment that only about 30, 40 people got to share. And it, it, was, it just brought it all together, made it everything worth it. Everything. That was just such so a great awesome. moment. It was. It was so adorable. I mean, you would have lost it. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we can close the show. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> Dr. Gabe, thank you so much for coming sure. on with us. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can stay up to date, find more uh, information, and uh, where they can get the beta? 
Absolutely. So uh, at Fog of Maya, that's Fog, O-F-M-A-Y-A, at Fog of Maya. That's our Instagram. That's our Twitter. You can follow us there. We're going to be having big announcements about the Kickstarter. Basically, as soon as they tell us that we're approved, we're going to be counting down the days to getting the Kickstarter out there. So we're going to have a lot of really cool early bird prizes. Uh, the other place to check us out would be 6SIXWingStudios.com. Uh, that's got links for the, the betas. So we have an Android build and an iOS build, uh, and, uh, we have our Amaru discord as well. So if you'd like, I can ping all of those links over to y'all. If you want to share them, uh, I also absolutely that earlier, but anyway, uh, gentlemen, this was a, a true pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank yes, you. We actually, uh, yeah, we actually have, uh, six wing studios and Amaru in our RTS bot. Mm-hmm. All right. People can uh, get information on that as well. Uh, Six Wing Studios is in there, Fog of Maya. Uh, we put it all into the real-time support bot so people can, because we really love what you do, love what your whole team is doing, and it's such a great resource and tool that we can't support and promote enough for people. And thank you so much for creating this and bringing this to reality and to, you know, giving us all this this thank you so much wonderful thank you so much for like i mentioned i'm going to be recommending this game to a couple of my clients because it'd be really beneficial for a a couple of them me too cool well gentlemen thank you so much uh share it uh share it broad share it wide and uh, keep the feedback coming you know we've we've got uh some development ahead of us so we can sneak in a sneak in a feature or two if you got a good idea for us so cool awesome all right absolutely Thank you, Dr. Gabe. Yeah. Cheers. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Uh, (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter for any sort of news and updates. Our podcast is live streamed uh, every two weeks on Thursday night at 10 p.m. 7 uh, Pacific. You can find that at twitch.tv backslash guardians mh we also have a discord pinned to our twitter right on the top of it if you want to get in there our discord is open to everyone it's a place that is a safe inclusive atmosphere where you can reach out to real mental health professionals and be guided to uh, resources there's a strong peer support network there and also just individuals there to help you with finding any sort of resources, including finding a therapist near you if you need a little bit of help. You can also visit our website and find all that information at guardiansmh.org. And I'd like to add, if you'd like to add the RTS bot to your Twitch channel while you're here, hit exclamation point RTS join. And that bot will your Twitch channel. We are working on the commands and features for it. Actively, like right now, our guy is literally coding, trying to get this thing up and running 100% here to bring those resources that we have on the Discord bot into your Twitch channels. So if you want to do that now, you can RTS join. Uh, that's It's such a great resource, not just for uh, Discord servers. And it's great that we can help 150 plus you know servers, 190,000 mm-hmm. individuals are uh, utilizing this right now. But bringing it over to Twitch, to the live streaming platform, and having these sort of sort of resources available to you on this sort of platform has so much potential that we really can't wait to to develop this more and to get that information out there to people when they need it most. And Animal Crossing. 
<laughs> and Animal Crossing. And, and pizza. All right. Have a nice night, everybody. Take care. <laughs> night, everybody. Good night, everyone. All right. <laughs>